it's time for Monday Night Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Featuring the News Gazette media sports writers, Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, and Scott Ritchie. Delivering the latest insights on the Illini and more. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now, here are the News Gazette media sports writers and your host, Steve Kelly. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. At 5 o'clock, it is dark. Getting like that, don't you? Or not? Monday Night Sports Talk with you until... Six o'clock this evening, three five six nine three nine seven is the telephone number. The sports editor of the News Gazette, Matt Daniels, sitting alongside. <laughs> he's he's been in the studio thirty seconds. He's wiping his brow already. It's, uh, it's very warm in here, and uh, I guess that's good because it's cold outside. And yeah, like you said, Steve, dark at uh, what four forty-five or so these days. So uh, I don't know if. You should say good afternoon or good evening, since it's in that weird conundrum. But uh, that's the world we live in right now. That's my my great insight to start off the show this week. That's just another thing about uh, 2020. Let's turn the clock back and put another hour in this year. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Only two more months to go. <laughs> Bob, how you doing? I'm good. Yeah. I uh, <laughs> I should have said this something more. I, I almost uh, we'll probably talk about the AP Top Twenty Five. Yes, maybe. we will. Well, I almost if I'd done the right thing, which I almost did, I would I would have made the thing a tie this week for first. I thought hard about putting Alabama ahead of Clemson. I I literally sat and looked at it for like twenty five minutes. And I said, "Can I do this? Can I do this?" Finally, decided not stick with the Clemson one more week. Think of they're playing Notre Dame. We'll get a good feel. But if I'd done that, switched the teams Alabama and Clemson, they would have been perfectly tied. Where Where was Illinois on your ballot, Bob? They were not on my ballot, and I lost a couple of Big Ten teams off my ballot. Penn State gone, Minnesota gone. Finally, yes, Minnesota should not have been on there. Where did? Uh, Northwestern was getting some votes. Did you? No, I did not. Did not vote for them? next week. They, you, they, you didn't vote for the team up north. No, if they win this week, beat Nebraska the, at home, they'll probably be on my ballot. They at three and zero, they probably should be. Northwestern, Penn State, Purdue, and Michigan State all received at least one vote. Yeah, I'm not sure about <laughs> yeah. that. It's like everyone forgot that Michigan State turned it over seven times and lost to Rutgers right in week one. But I think they're getting credit for that big game because. They probably should have won. In hindsight, don't turn the ball over seven times. Yeah, you, they you, all gained a double. You take, you, take out, you take out seven <laughs> other plays, and It'd I mean, it's, it's a different result, but, different but, outcome. But I, I watched the whole Michigan game. That was they were really good. I, I, they were good on defense. They were good on offense. And Michigan did not. Michigan. Everybody a week ago was talking about them as a maybe a maybe a playoff contender. Yeah, I think you were among those. I probably was, but I was wrong. <laughs> But I, now I know better. So they are not in the playoff contender. They're, they're just what they are. And Jim Harbaugh should probably move all along. He should probably. Well, they back. might move him along. Well, either way, he should probably think about going back to the NFL. Yeah, I mean, those those winning seasons he's brought to Ann Arbor and those consistent bowl trips are just aren't just aren't good enough for, for well, people. Well, not, not there. How's that worked out for Nebraska since not they well. fired Bo Pelini? Well, that was, no, the, no I'll tell you. The poor decision in Lincoln 
wasn't Bob Pelini at so all. Firing Frank Solich. Exactly. That, was I, that 20 I will, years ago now? It doesn't matter. It was, it was still a mistake. But I think I think Michigan, I think, they, I think they'll come to some sort of agreement in the offseason. Unless, of course, they win the next <laughs> seven games. But, no, that could happen. I mean, they could turn it around. They could be, they beat Ohio State. All bets are off. But It's just like there's an election tomorrow. He's just sounding like a politician, isn't I'm he? not sure. What yeah. I <laughs> Ohio State is uh, number three in the country. Wisconsin, we'll see if they play again uh, this week or not. But uh, they're on n- number 10. Indiana, 13. Right. It's a football state exactly. in Indiana. I mean, how got, how about got... this? For a, a messed up year that it already is, this just goes along with that. Indiana, Purdue, and Northwestern, all 2-0 and in Big Ten play. That's never happened before. That's, That's incredible. <laughs> and you had in the fact that Notre Dame's ranked fourth yeah. in the country in 2-0, and, and, and that goes back to my my reference that the Hoosier State is really a football uh, state this, this year. So. Yeah. And, and Probably get, not. And you get Maxion starting this week, too, so maybe Ball State's good, too. We'll see. Reaching yeah, into the depth there, Bob. Yeah, you got four games on Wednesday I night. I love, I love the Mac. I really yeah. do. 30, Michigan 30 State, degree uh, weather night games are just right up your alley, awesome. Bob. I've been to one. Michigan dropped to uh, number 18 and is still a three-point favorite over Indiana, who was ranked, uh, as I mentioned, 13th. I've watched Indiana play twice. Their Rutgers game is kind of hit and miss. They beat Penn State, I think, which I still think, despite 0-2, is really good. So, I, I don't know what you thought, Steve, watching Penn State against Ohio State. I think, I think that place is full. That's a different game. Yeah, probably. But Ohio but, State's great. But I think Ohio State could score about any time they want. Pretty much like they just said, yeah, let's go down now. Yeah, And they get to come to Champaign at the end of the month. That'd be awesome. I, I want to see that team. Justin Fields right now I would say, and I'm a Heisman voter, and know, know a lot of them. They, he's the he's the favorite now by by a long shot because Trevor Lawrence is going to miss two games. They're probably the good chance they lose this week. Clemson loses Notre Dame, and if they lose, it's going to hurt him a lot. Although in some ways, it might you might say, well, is it an MVP type? You can't afford to have him out, but missing two games is really hard. Illinois is a seven point underdog for the second straight week at home against uh, a winless Minnesota team who has problems of their own. But, uh, Scott, their Minnesota offense looks pretty good. They just can't stop anybody. Yeah, so there could be a lot of points scored in Champaign <laughs> on Saturday because Illinois, be nice weather too. Illinois has also struggled in the stopping the other team's department. And I don't see that improving um, or changing at all because, you know, I mean, Minnesota can run the ball and has shown that can do it pretty well, but the Tanner Morgan to Rashad Bateman connection, uh, I mean, if Graham Mertz can do what he did in his first start ever, if Aiden O'Connell, who walked on at Purdue, can do what he did, um, I imagine one of the best returning quarterbacks in the Big Ten and the best wide receiver could do some damage against an Illinois secondary that just doesn't seem to want to cover anybody. So when's that basketball schedule come out, Scott? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'd like to tell you, but no one knows other than, you know, it is now finally November. The season starts in 23 days, and there's an idea of maybe Illinois will play. They they should just draw names out of a hat. You know, just put, you know, 300 names in there, just, okay, Illinois, you get to play, you know, wherever. I mean, I, I assume there will be a schedule at 
some point. Our all Big Ten schedule, 26 game round robin, sounded better and better. I, yes. I don't. Be easier to put together. Yeah. But uh, 26 games, then play one more. Yeah. Well, I think it's already there. Play Duke. Duke. Yeah. The, the NCAA, I think, wants schools to play you know, at least four non conference games. Um, but why? Just, just Scott, why? I don't know. I, I, I'm answering I think for it's, Scott right here, but I, it makes no sense to me why you need to play four non-conference games because you look at all the Power Six conferences, you're going to get multiple teams in anyway in the NCAA yeah. tournament. Crazy. In these one-bid leagues, you're going to get whoever wins the conference tournament. So kudos to the Loyola Chicago's of the world. And well, I think it creates the illusion that you know maybe... You know, a typical one big league will get. No, it, it doesn't matter. It, the, for the safety, it's all, for the safety of the players and nothing else. Play just play with the new conference. It's got to be a better thing, right? It's crazy to mix and mingle. I, I, I'm Illinois. I, I'm a little, I love the idea of playing Duke again because that's a big deal. But do I really want to go to Duke right now? Maybe not. I'd rather play. Iowa again, or Purdue again, or well, I'm not sure I'd want to go to Iowa. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe or or Wisconsin, or several other. All games should be here. No, I'm kidding. I don't. It's. I think if the Big Ten just went Big Ten only, I mean that's what they did for football, so they could control everything about the season. Yeah, and letting. I mean, well, yeah, that lets them control what they can control. I mean, can't say it's been. While and we never successful. hear we never hear that from coaches or players these days. So, I mean, I thought that was sort of like just a, a John no. Gross thing because I no. heard it a lot from him. But I think I think everyone else was listening because they've uh, adapted that to their their own repertoire. We, we're <laughs> off and rolling on Monday Night Sports Talk here on DWS. The phone line is open if you'd like to join us three five six nine three nine seven. Plenty more to talk about. We'll talk about the, the Illinois-Purdue game and much more. There's some other basketball news as well. We'll hear from Lovey Smith, Rod Smith, and maybe some others. Stay with us. We'll take our first time out and be back with more here on DWS after this. Springfield politicians are at it again. Making big promises about their so-called fair tax amendment. But what are the facts? Their amendment just gives Springfield politicians new constitutional power to raise income taxes on all taxpayers. With no limits. No controls on their spending. No accountability. And no voter approval of the actual tax rates. So despite what Springfield politicians claim, nothing in their amendment says only the rich will pay higher taxes. Nothing protects lower and middle class families from higher taxes. And nothing protects retirement income from being taxed. The day after the election, Springfield politicians would have unlimited power to hike taxes on anyone. We just can't trust Springfield politicians on this. It's too important. Vote no on the politicians' tax hike amendment. Paid for by the Coalition to Stop the Proposed Tax Hike Amendment. Even with all the uncertainty that is around us, the one thing you can count on is our local farmer. Hi, this is Joe Mershman. I am very fortunate to be able to work with some of the best people in the United States, the American farmer. Even though we're in the midst of a pandemic, farmers can't shut down. Our country counts on them. They continue to deliver, and we owe them a big debt of gratitude. When you see that slow-moving vehicle going down the road, give them a thumbs up and let them know you appreciate all that they're doing for you. from 
On behalf of my family and all our hardworking employees and seed dealers, we're so proud to stand alongside of you, the American farmer. The same Mershman family has been working for you for almost 67 years, putting you and your profitability above all else. We're going to get through this. Let's grow together at Mershman Seeds, your friend in the field. This fall, our choice for Congress is clear. Lobbyist Betsy Londrigan is a Mike Madigan crony. In Springfield, Londrigan lined her pockets with Madigan's dirty insider deals. Then she took nearly 300 grand of Madigan's dirty money to buy a seat in Congress. Londrigan even took campaign cash from lobbyists under federal investigation for corruption and a rape cover-up. A Madigan machine politician, Betsy Londrigan would make Washington worse. There's a better choice. Our Congressman Rodney Davis is getting results for us. Rodney is taking on the big insurance companies to protect everyone with a pre-existing condition. And he's holding the big drug companies accountable to lower our prescription drug costs. And when the pandemic hit, Rodney secured lifeline loans for small businesses, helping to save over 2 million Illinois jobs. Rodney Davis is on our side. I'm Rodney Davis. I'm running for Congress, and I approve this message. Paid for by Rodney for Congress. At Health Alliance, we don't make insurance for just anyone. We make insurance for you, our friends and neighbors in Illinois. Health Alliance offers some of the lowest rates in the whole state. We also offer exclusive perks like virtual health coverage and fitness benefits you can use every day. So whether you're retired, self-employed, or need coverage for the whole family, Health Alliance is made for you. See plans and enroll today at healthalliance.org slash individual. When President Trump called, Mary Miller responded. Mary joined President Trump at the Oval Office to discuss how to bring back high-paying jobs to central and southern Illinois. Miller's priority is to create jobs that enable you to support a family. Career politicians have sold out to China for far too long. They protect jobs for politicians and high-paying lobbyists. Mary Miller is running for Congress to put you first, not the D.C. establishment. Paid for by Mary Miller for Congress. It is moving up on 525 Monday Night Sports Talk. Steve Kelly with Matt Daniels, the dancing Bob Osmussen. Got some rhythm over there in, in the corner. And Scott Ritchie with us here. Phone line open 356-9397. Purdue 31, Illinois 24 on Saturday. I'll start with you, Bob. Some he thing, picked the score, right? the exact off. score. Who did? Bob, Bob did? did. I did. That's why he's dancing. <laughs> ah, but that was had some, I actually didn't realize it until Matt told me, and I said, "I'll ask one." And I'm, I'm pretty sure when you found out that Brandon Peters wasn't playing and Isaiah Williams wasn't playing, you told me that you wanted to change your score. I th- said some version of that, but uh, I'm going 42-35 right now for this week. Who's who wins? Minnesota's going to win. Is there some historical reference for nope, you? No, just no. Just I. I think Scott said it earlier, and I agree. High scoring. Nice day. Minnesota's offense is really good. Their defense is brutal. Illinois' offense can score. I think we saw that Saturday some. And I think with full week with uh, Taylor, it'll be they'll be better. He'll be better. They'll be better. But Minnesota and Minnesota's defense is ugly. They're bad, but their offense is really good. Let's start with some things that maybe you liked okay. in that game. All of you can jump in here anytime you want, but. Uh, 
The defense still needs some work, obviously. We'll get to the, some of the concerns, but let's go with the things you liked. And you mentioned Coran Taylor being pressed into duty. Uh, I guess he knew it before, a little bit before we did, but not much that he was going to play there. So uh, your thoughts on what he did and well, was able to do. He made horrible mis- horrible mistakes. Mm-hmm. Two fumbles, two two picks. Is that right? The only yes, four? Two four is two. a lot. That's a lot. But again... <laughs> Again, he also, but he also made plays. So it's kind of the one of those uh, high risk, high reward type guys. And I think he was like that in high school. I remember hearing about this more high reward then, mm-hmm. but it's different than the Big Ten. I think for a guy that's playing for the first time in an important role, I think he did a good job. I really did. And I think he's going to be better this week. The other thing, he asked me what else was good. Jake Hansen continues to impress. It was, to me, a miracle he's playing. I found out early in the week they was, had a chance to play. And then, sure enough, he plays and 14 tackles. Is that right? And a forced fumble. And he's a pretty good player. So Yeah, he's got 16 tackles on the season now, 14 in the one game. Of course, he went out in that uh, Wisconsin game early on with what looked like a concussion, oh. but it turned out it was not. But, he, gets, uh, he got hit in the chin, apparently. Mm-hmm. And that that's He just got really nice. He like a fighter would or something in a, in a boxing match. Of course, the Illini, we learned uh, less than a, an hour, maybe a half hour before the game, that they would be without some people, including the starting quarterback, Brandon Peters. Lovey Smith talked about it after the game. He talked about it again today. Here's what he had to say, or part of what he had to say. We don't have a whole lot of positives, but we have enough through contact tracing to... Uh, to wound our team a little bit, but, um, uh, you know, those guys, the guys who were out this past week, I uh, will be out this week also. So with that being said, um, you know, the rest of our players moved on. It was a tough situation for uh, Karan Taylor to be in. You know, we really, you know, Matt Robinson was listed as our second guy and Isaiah Williams, but I thought Karan came in and made some good football plays, uh, did some good things. Offensively, though, overall, it's, it's still tough when you turn the ball over that much. And a lot of them were down in the red zone where we had opportunities to get points. Um, but we were productive as far as yards were concerned, and, but we need to get some more points on the, on the board. Uh, defensively, I thought we did some things better. You know, we played the run fairly well the last couple of games, but uh, passing game-wise, we have to play better pass defense than that. Yeah, the secondary, Scott, uh, certainly not uh, living up or looking like a veteran group that it is. They've got some guys that have been around a while, but uh tell you what, uh, guys are getting open over the middle and into the secondary. Well, I mean, Purdue showed on his very first possession that, you know, a quarterback could just pick apart that secondary, and I think the first pass of the game went to the tight end across the middle who was wide open, and, you know, Purdue receivers were fairly wide open the rest of the game. And, you know, between Graham Mertz, Aiden O'Connell, you know, opposing quarterbacks are completing 87.5% of their passes against Illinois. Rounded up, that's 88%. Is that yeah. good? Um, <laughs> you know, somewhere in the 60s is seen as, you know, pretty darn good for a single quarterback. So, I mean, what's Tanner Morgan going to do? Because he's arguably much better than the two quarterbacks that Illinois has already faced. And, I mean... Or Justin Fields. 
Yeah. Justin Fields. They can worry about Justin Fields. A lot can happen between now and November 28th. He's, he's playing that game. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, he's gonna. That's a stat booster for his Heisman candidacy. <laughs> but no, it's it's a concern, and these are upperclassmen, and for the most part in the secondary. I mean, Nate Hobbs went one on one with David Bell for most of that game, and David Bell was targeted nine times, caught all nine passes, and a couple of great catches. Yeah, that's a hundred percent. It is a hundred percent. I mean, Sidney Brown got beat over the top in coverage. I mean, he's a junior. Uh, Tony Adams is a senior. That's an issue. And, you know, Lovey Smith, after the game, said the group needs to play better. Yes. <laughs> he didn't really go into much detail beyond that, but uh, they do. So it was 31 to 10, Matt. Uh, mm-hmm. Scott, Bob, and I watched the game in person. Yep. We watched here, it on TV. I was here, here in the office. Here in the office, yep. uh, putting that Sunday paper to oh, bed yeah. or gathering. It's just starting it. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think? I thought it was a typical... Illinois performance, uh, kind of inconsistent for for long stretches, and then you show flashes. Um, Colin Likas, our, our preps coordinator, was in here with me on Saturday, and when it was thirty-one ten, I told him, "I go, Illinois is going to score a couple touchdowns here, and don't be shocked if they come back and make this a ball game." And and that's exactly what what happened. And uh, Karan Taylor was able to move the offense effectively when he needed to, and and over we've addressed some of the concerns and some of the bright spots too. One of the bright spots for me was the fact that Illinois actually threw the ball to the tight ends on, on Saturday. Daniel a Parker, uh, Daniel Matatorbebe and, and Luke Ford had nine catches for over 100 yards and uh, Luke Ford finally caught a pass to Illinois so Twitter can calm down for a second. Um, but yeah, it was Brief not second. possible. It, it, was, it was impressive to get the tight ends in the mix, and you could say that Rod Smith and his group really bounced back from a very disappointing and lackluster effort against Wisconsin. That being said, they need to defensively... You're 51 games into the Lovey Smith coaching tenure. We know what his defensive style and schemes are. I don't know what else they can do differently. Yes, Lovey Ball is predicated on takeaways and turnovers and creating them, and that's a great mantra to have. But if you just let teams dissect you down the middle of the field in the pass game, unless you force five or six turnovers a game, I don't know how you can stop teams. I mean, Lovey's scheme works when it's run by professional football players. Uh, it, it hasn't at Illinois, and yeah, it requires you know, a Brian Urlacher type in the middle of the defense. And, and, and Jake Hansen, to Bob, and like what Bob said earlier, Jake Hansen, I think is he's shown his value to this team, and he's maybe parlaying his time at Illinois into a possible playing career in the NFL. But you need other guys around him, and like you mentioned, Scott, you mentioned Nate Hobbs. You need lockdown corners to help out in, in the scheme and and. It's not. It's just not working. No, and the coverage from the secondary. I, I mentioned this to Matt earlier today, but it's like a, a baseball team that plays no doubles defense. They're going to give you what you want and hope that you know, the big play doesn't happen. So far, Illinois secondary is giving opposing passing offenses everything they want, and also giving up huge plays. So. One of those two needs to be better. Both being better would obviously be the ideal, but it's uh, I'd 
I don't see the, the defense being any different. It is what it is at this point. And it's not also it's not going to change either. I mean, Lovey Smith is the defensive coordinator. He's going to call his defense. You, you said it works with, with NFL players. Maybe Illinois should start paying guys. Maybe that'll help. I don't know. Threw that out there. Crickets. Thank you. <laughs> but I was, I, I was thinking, you're right. They just don't have the personnel and really have rarely had that personnel in this time here because otherwise they would be, be better than they are 15 and, 30, and 15 36. 15 and 36. 8 and 30 in the Big Ten. That's tough. That doesn't work very well. 5.35 is the time. More football to talk about, some basketball as well. We'll talk about what else happened in the Big Ten over the weekend. We'd love to hear from you if you'd like to join us. 356-9397. Monday Night Sports Talk on DWS. We're back with more after this. Hello, this is Champaign County Coroner Dwayne Northrup. Electing the best candidate for coroner is a financial decision affecting the entire county. Expenses of coroner autopsies are required to be paid by the county. Just one unnecessary autopsy per week ordered by an inexperienced coroner would increase taxpayer costs a minimum $50,000 annually. Additionally, coroners from neighboring counties have placed their trust in my ability to provide autopsy services for them through our regional facility. This has resulted in additional revenue for Champaign County. While other counties could provide autopsy services for them, they choose to utilize our facility due to the exceptional services we provide. Mismanagement of autopsy services by an inexperienced coroner would result in loss of revenue and increased expenses of approximately $100,000 annually. Experience matters. Re-elect Dwayne Northrop for Champaign County Coroner. Paid for by citizens for Dwayne Northrop. Sometimes in business, the unexpected comes calling. From rent increases to increased orders to, I'm going to say it, unprecedented times. But don't bounce back. Bounce forward with Comcast Business. Bounce forward fast with internet speeds up to a gig, with the flexibility to update your bandwidth in just a few clicks, and with security solutions that help keep your connected devices protected. Be fast, be flexible, be ready for what's next, and bounce forward with Comcast Business. Help your business bounce forward with this amazing offer. Get started with a powerful and reliable internet and voice solution from Comcast Business for $35 each a month for 24 months for two years when you buy both. Plus, ask how to get a $250 prepaid card when you upgrade. Call 1-800-501-6000 or go to ComcastBusiness.com today to find out more. Restrictions apply. Limited to new Comcast Business 35 megabits per second internet and one voice mobility customers. Early termination fee applies. Enrollment and eco bill and auto pay required. Equipment installation taxes and fees extra subject to change. Prepaid card offer ends 11 15 20 and requires business internet one gig double play. Springfield politicians are at it again. Making big promises about their so-called fair tax amendment. But what are the facts? Their amendment just gives Springfield politicians new constitutional power to raise income taxes on all taxpayers. With no limits. No controls on their spending. No accountability. And no voter approval of the actual tax rates. So despite what Springfield politicians claim, nothing in their amendment says only the rich will pay higher taxes. Nothing protects lower and middle class families from higher taxes. And nothing protects retirement income from being taxed. The day after the election, Springfield politicians would have unlimited power to hike taxes on anyone. We just can't trust Springfield politicians on this. It's too important. Vote no on the politicians' tax hike amendment. Paid for by the Coalition to Stop the Proposed Tax Hike Amendment. It's finally here. The last tool you'll ever buy. 
Rule King is proud to offer Crimson Tools. Strong and durable enough to handle your biggest projects, Crimson Tools have a lifetime warranty. And since Rule King has been going strong for 60 years, the lifetime warranty means we'll be here to replace your tool with no questions asked. A Crimson Claw Hammer with Hickory Handle is just $7.99. Get the last tools you'll ever buy at your neighborhood Rule King, America's Farm and Home Store. I'm retired Judge Heidi Ladd, and I'm speaking to you because I believe so strongly in Judge Jason Baum. I served as his mentor judge, and from day one, he was exceptional, very patient and caring, always prepared and guided by fairness. Judge Baum is highly respected and well-liked by people from all sides. Jason Baum is exactly the kind of judge we need right now. Please join me in voting to keep Judge Baum on the bench. Paid for by friends of Judge Jason Baum. Moving up on 5.39, Monday Night Sports Talk. Steve Kelly with Matt Daniels, Scott Ritchie, Bob Osmussen until 6. 356-9397 is the phone number if you'd like to jump in and join us. We're talking mostly Illinois football and Big Ten football at this point. We've got some basketball to discuss as well. Mr. Ritchie will get us up to date on uh, the ba- <laughs> I couldn't even get it out without <laughs> chuckling the basketball schedule, but uh, we'll do that here in, in just a moment. Back to Big Ten football, Bob. Northwestern. Tell me what you think of Northwestern after two games. Pretty impressive the way they came back in Iowa City. Yeah, definitely. I think Iowa people thought Iowa would win that game. Maybe maybe not handily, but they looked like they're in great shape, and sure enough, Northwestern is throwing back. And yeah, that tells you, I think what you learned this weekend is that Pat Fitzgerald is not going to be very happy when they have a bad year like they had last year. They were really bad. But to their credit, they came back, came down here, just wiped out the line. And I think that told us a lot about, A, where he is, and also where that team is. I think they knew they struggled, and they thought, well, we can fix this, and they have in a hurry. So they're not out of the woods by any means. They, their two wins are okay, right? But we don't know anything about Iowa, but they're clearly not what they've been. But I think Northwestern is going to have a winning season this year. They're going to contend in the West, which I can't believe I'm going to say that. Because to me now, it's, you're down to Wisconsin, if they ever play again, will be up there. And and uh, Purdue has a chance. Purdue. And Northwestern. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that, that really throw the Big Ten West is, it seems like it's always been a, a, a juggling act on who's going to emerge and just kind of right. take their spot in, in each season. Uh, in the East, you always anticipate it's kind of Ohio State, Penn State, either Michigan or Michigan State, depending on, on what that right. season is like for them. But in the West, it's it's wide open. I mean, it is. after Illinois won at Michigan State last year, I know we researched different scenarios and wrote about different ways if the Illini were to wind up winning the Big Ten West and getting a shot in the Big Ten title game, which saying that now almost a year later seems like crazy Oops. talk. But, I mean, you'd have to think, and I know you wrote briefly about this in Sunday's paper, Bob, but Purdue's got a shot. They do. They, I mean, their their offense has shown that it can move the ball. and then Their, their schedule is easy, too. Yeah. Their schedule is easy. Ohio State... They might have the two best receivers in the Big Ten, even yeah, though one of them hasn't they, played yet. Exactly. Rondell Moore hasn't played yet. Yep. and It's going to be interesting, too, if we come down to December 12th, and who knows if Wisconsin's going to play yet 
this weekend, Wisconsin's supposed to provide an update on Tuesday about where they're at, and I think that's when Jeff Brom and the Boilermakers are kind of hoping they'll have an answer on if they're going to play this right. Saturday at all. But it's going to be interesting because what if Purdue and Northwestern are they play the full eight games and they're sitting there at six and two per se, and then Wisconsin's only played five or six. And right. They're undefe- I mean, do you take the winning percentages then? I mean, I that's that's the that's the corner that the Big Ten has pinned themselves in by not having any by screwing up and not going with the first first second schedule, which I referred them all. They should have gone with the first second schedule, but they didn't, and they're now they're in a pickle because one team really got in trouble, and I assume maybe more teams will get in trouble. So, so if you, if you were a betting man, would you bet on Wisconsin playing this week? Not right now. No. I'd, I'd take the under for sure, uh, just because their case number is up into the 20s, and yeah. you'd have to, th- I mean, I know Paul Chris yeah, no now quarterbacks. Have, they have, a quor- they have one quarterback. Illinois played their four-string well, quarterback that's a good point, and, yeah. and almost beat Purdue. <laughs> so, uh, that's a good point. I mean, Paul Chris, I think, can be cleared on Thursday now instead of this Saturday, which was what they were intending to do. But you'd have to think, okay, is there a certain number of practices that Wisconsin has to have before they can play? I mean, I don't think you just want to throw them out there Saturday if they haven't practiced at all all week because that would be again, kind of fun. Well, yeah, but then that raises kind of the health and safety issues right, of another of variety for, for the Badgers. And I don't know. I, I would not anticipate seeing Wisconsin-Purdue this Saturday, and, and that I just agree. throws even more kinks into what's already a, a weird schedule. Brandon Peters will be out again and and so with the people that are involved in the contact tracing they will miss uh this week's game peters will be eligible hopefully <laughs> and knock on wood for the nebraska game it's november 21st right. the, the saturday uh before thanksgiving and yeah you're just gonna have kind of have to to live right now with uh you know current Karan taylor and maybe matt robinson's healthy um maybe Isaiah Williams, once he's done with the contact tracing, is, is good to go for uh, the game at Rutgers on November 14th. But right now, if, if you're Rod Smith and the Illinois offense, you're really, you can plan all you want throughout the week, but then you just kind of have to maybe throw that out the window and just adjust on, on Saturdays as well. I was going to say earlier that I think that Karan Taylor is a good quarterback for Rod Smith's offense. Yeah. And uh, maybe better suited than Brandon Pateras. Yes, just in terms of style. Mm-hmm. The, what's he, what he's good at? He's a runner. He's but he's he's a he's multi-dimensional. He can scramble and get out of the but pocket. He's, and he's got a good he's strong tuck arm. the ball away a little bit. That's, well, yeah. that's the part that again, when you're in high school and you're bigger and better than everybody else, you don't worry about getting hit by these big time guys. But you know, the big time guys are pretty good tacklers, and obviously he, he will have learned. He'll be better this week. I don't think. How about I say less than four turnovers this week for Grant Taylor? <laughs> Maybe two. Going out on the limb there, Bob. I'm going on the limb. Well, I mean, the, the thing of it, too, is, yes, he has to protect the ball better this Saturday, assuming he's going to play and assuming Matt Robinson's ankle injury isn't fully recovered for him to play. But you also have to think, too, that maybe he had some of the success that he had against Purdue because they had no idea really about anything about Karan Taylor. And, and I'm sure Minnesota and P.J. Fleck have maybe been studying Taylor's high school film from his days at, at Peoria Central and, and what he was able to do this past Saturday. And I'm sure they're going to try to adjust their, their plans. And Minnesota's defense, too, I'm sure is tired of being talked about as one of the worst in the Big Ten, although they do have a really bad kicking situation, too, up there. So What you do to young quarterbacks – like him, like Taylor, is you send the house at them. 
and that will usually freak them out, and they'll throw a bunch of bad interceptions or fumble a ball or whatever. So I would guess P.J. Fleck would have to think I know about him. Kind of a gambler type. He'll There'll be a lot of blood scene, a lot of get in, get in his face and see what he did. Well, that's the thing, too. I mean, if you look back at, at what Taylor was able to do on Saturday, too, just it, in terms of what, he, what I could see from him on the film is he kind of locked in on who he was throwing the ball to, and this was his first and only read, and then he didn't really scan the field at times when he wasn't scrambling for his life at times and trying to make plays out of the run. But I think you might see him... I know he ran the ball 17 times and only for 32 yards because he was sacked a few times, but maybe you see him more involved in in the run game. And then you add to the fact, too, that Illinois was down three touchdowns in the fourth quarter, which right. really forced them really to, run, right. to throw the ball more than maybe, uh, maybe they want him to. Okay, let's uh, stick with football, but step away from the Big Ten and ask Mr. Ritchie what he thinks of the latest Bears <laughs> output <laughs> yesterday, an overtime loss to uh, Drew Brees and the New Orleans Saints, 26-23. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> I already know the answer. Glad you asked, Steve, right? I didn't watch the game. <laughs> and no, I I think I've given up on the NFL. Um, I just, and I'm glad I didn't watch because, you know, I think the game lasted four hours and then they lose on a field goal in overtime. Uh-huh. I, that would have been a wasted four hours of my life. <laughs> well, but I think it, it's notable, like, the Bears are, to quote, Play Denny Green, what we thought they were, and that's maybe not very good. And I think Nick Foles has leads the NFL um, this by throwing an interception in six consecutive games. Obviously, that dates back to you know, the previous season because he hasn't played that many yet for the Bears. But um, the offense is questionable. The defense is the Bears' defense; they're fine. I mean, they held you know, the Saints to twenty six points. That's not a terrible thing, but it's just. They're not, they're not. They were the worst five and one team in the NFL, and they're, they haven't gotten any better. Well, they had a great chance yesterday too, because the Packers lost to the Vikings, and if they would have, uh, you know, knocked off the Saints, and they were up thirteen to three in the first half, and Matt Nagy seemed to really kind of be uh, more creative with his play calling there, and then they just hit a lull there where they stalled for two quarters pretty much, and had to come back, and and they did come back to their credit, they made it a game, but. There's just all sorts of questions around Matt Nagy's not only play calling ability, but also just his leadership. I mean, you had a backup wide receiver just flat out punch a Saints cornerback and he's suspended for two games. And it just seems like all the good vibes that Matt Nagy had in the 2018 season that you thought were going to carry him through his tenure, he just used them all up his first year and it's just kind of been downhill ever since. I never could understand why you would take a a swing <laughs> at a fully padded football player why with a helmet you? on. Why would you hit him in the head? Yeah. Uh, well, clearly, was not maybe thinking logically when, when you kind of run up to someone, tap them on the shoulder, try to rip out their mouthpiece. That's what he was trying to do because the defensive back had done that to him earlier in the game. And then you, I guess, whiff on the, the mouthpiece pull. And then you hit him in the head twice, but he's wearing a helmet. So, yeah, just another stellar example of what the Chicago Bears are this season. Okay, let's talk some basketball. When's the schedule coming out, Scott? Has the schedule come out yet? We know when they're sto- when they're supposed to start playing on November 25th, or at least that's the first day that college teams can play. But I want to talk about I.O. first. Being named to the Koozie Award watch list today, 20 players named to that. Of course, D. Brown won that back in 2006 couple other guys in the Big Ten on that list, but uh, more preseason honors 
and rightly so for Io Desumo. What, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, and when he announced that he was coming back to Illinois uh, in that, that video that dropped on Twitter, he specifically mentioned the Bob Cousy Award. Like, he wants to win that. And, I mean, I think he's got a shot, obviously. It's a kind of a, a crowded field. There's mm-hmm. a lot of really well, good... some of those guys might drop off. And yeah, and you can, you, can, drop on. you can play your way on yeah. or off of mm-hmm. the watch list. But uh, there's a lot of talented guards that he's going to compete with. Um, you know, Jared Butler from Baylor, Marcus Zagorowski from Creighton. Um, yeah, there's a then great some reference, like, Bob. Excellent. Then some like interesting, like, these guys are sort of point guards, but you wouldn't know it. But, like, Cade Cunningham will run the point in Oklahoma State, but, I mean, he looks like a small forward. He's also very good. He's a freshman. Um, Scotty Barnes at Florida State is kind of another freshman in that mold. But I would assume he's right there with him. He, you know, a lot of, well, I've got to f- finish my All-American ballot this week, and he's going to be on it. And there's a lot of others that have come out where he's been selected as a preseason All-American. You're going to put Cade Cunningham on your first team. I, I noticed he made somebody's first team and has yet to play a college game. Yeah. Um, I always go back and forth every preseason. It's like, do I include freshmen on that? And I have before. Um, he's really talented. Like, it's, it's not a reach to put him on the first team. I just haven't decided if I will or not. Is it a, is it a reach to, I would assume who's coming back, first team, all Big Ten selection last year, Kofi Coburn, Big Ten freshman of the year. Is there a third Illini out there that you think could garner some league-wide recognition by like, the time the season hopefully ends? Like freshman of the year, perhaps? Yeah, I mean, the freshman of the year in the Big Ten, it's going to be interesting because there's not one guy that you could point and say, was like, he's definitely going to win it. Um, yeah, but you, it, you've so got, I, Illinois got two guys that could be in the conversation. Yeah, it? and, and I'll, I mean, that, that they have two, though, might yes. hurt right. their individual chances. Sure. Uh, just because, I mean, the minutes, well, the minutes in the backcourt are going to be split, you know, five ways in some instances. Right. But, um, yeah, I think Adam Miller or Andre Cabello could win that. Uh, but there's some other freshmen in the Big Ten. You know, Christian Lander at Indiana. If he can seize the reins of their offense right away you know, at, at the point, I think he'll have a, a good shot at it as well. Um, but Io and Kofi are, kind of, are certainly the, the front runners for some type of recognition, both in the preseason. Um, I've got a, a vote for the the preseason All Big Ten team. I have, I have ten names I have to send to the league offices, and I'll have both Io Desumo and Kofi Coburn on my list. So you only have eight more to go. <laughs> yeah, well, I put some work into it. Okay. In fact, if you listen to this week's <laughs> episode of Inside Illini Basketball, uh, number that's one, been busy. Number one twenty-three. Um, I give all ten. That's Keeping with basketball, moving from college to high school, what's mm-hmm. what's the latest on yeah, the, the soap as, opera that as, is? As the world turns, yeah. uh, Colin Lycus, our preps coordinator, is taking to starting to listen to J.B. Pritzker's daily press briefings just on the off chance that there might be a mention of, of high school sports. So that's where we're at in the world uh, under normal circumstances, you know. Uh, boys and girls basketball practices would be ongoing right now or getting uh, started and uh, we're not obviously and uh, I know the the diocese in Peoria just came out in the last hour or so and uh, told families that they're not going to 
uh, have their schools play high school basketball. So locally here, that means no basketball season this winter for St. Thomas More. It, it doesn't look like. And the, the CPS, which has a boatload of, of quality, talented teams, uh, announced last week it's not going to have uh, their teams po- play this season. So I think you're. I think what the IHSA did last Wednesday was stunning in the fact that they went against state guidelines from the governor's office and the the. Illinois Department of Public Health, but I think what you're seeing too is also the ramifications that have been talked about and the potential for legal liability. And there's uh, reports out today that in, in Southern Illinois, insurance carriers are telling schools that they're not going to cover them if, if they choose to play basketball in the pandemic. So I would be shocked if there's a vast majority of high schools that, that end up tipping off their seasons uh, later this month and are starting in early December. And then that presents an issue too of what's going to happen in the spring where you have all sorts of overlap with all these sports all going on at once and for small schools throughout the state that's really going to be a struggle because you're going to have, you have multi-sport athletes and you're going to have to make them choose what sport they want to play so it's like anything in 2020 it's a hot mess i got a novel idea how about communicate with each other that'd be amazing uh, adults communicating with each other when it's supposed to benefit high school kids right. and that's not happening and the real losers in all of this are the 14 to 18 year olds who play high school sports and for a lot of them they never get the chance to play sports beyond their high school career so it's it's just it's very frustrating and disappointing and i can't imagine what it'd be like to to be a high school athlete going through this right now Five fifty-five monday night sports talk one final break some final words when we come back here on dws stay with us seems to be doing fine cook county has a six to eight week delay in recording right now in champaign county you can walk in the office and immediately get a document filed Two years ago, county Democrats told voters it didn't matter who the treasurer was. In two years, we've seen taxpayers get double billed and homeowners have their refinancing delayed. I want to make the recorder appointed rather than an elected politician so we can ensure professional administration in the future. Paid for by Citizens for Mark Sheldon. Thanks for calling Toyota. This is Jan. Hi, Jan. I heard Toyota-thon is on. It sure is. Perfect. I'm getting a head start on my list for Santa. We've got great year-end deals on Camry, Highlander, RAV4, Tacoma, and more. What else you got? Oh, let's see. There's also Corolla, Highlander, Tundra. Oh, and we have a great selection of hybrid vehicles. Camry Hybrid, Highlander Hybrid. Perhaps I'm not making myself clear. Oh? What kind of toys you got? Video games, stuffed animals, sea monkeys, you know, the good stuff. Oh, it's actually Toyotathon, not Toyotathon. We have great deals on vehicles, not toys. I'm sorry, sweetie. Well, okay. Then what can I get for five bucks? I've got a bunch of gum in my purse. Toyotathon is on. See your participating Toyota dealer today. Current offers end November 30th. Offers are subject to change throughout Toyotathon, which ends on January 4th. See your participating Toyota dealer for details. Toyota, let's go places. Springfield politicians are at it again. Making big promises about their so-called fair tax amendment. But what are the facts? Their amendment just gives Springfield politicians new constitutional power to raise income taxes on all taxpayers. With no limits. No controls on their spending. No accountability. And no voter approval of the actual tax rates. So despite what Springfield politicians claim, nothing in their amendment says only the rich will pay higher taxes. Nothing protects lower and middle class families from higher taxes. And nothing protects retirement income from being taxed. 
The day after the election, Springfield politicians would have unlimited power to hike taxes on anyone. We just can't trust Springfield politicians on this. It's too important. Vote no on the politicians' tax hike amendment. Paid for by the Coalition to Stop the Proposed Tax Hike Amendment. Monday Night Sports Talk heading towards 6, coming up tonight at 7. The Lovey Smith Show, Brian Barnhart, will be on hand to host that with the Illini coach, also scheduled guest tonight, Miles Smith, assistant coach, and former Illini quarterback, Kurt Kittner, will be on the show this evening. Happy birthday today to DeMonte Williams. Happy birthday tomorrow to Lauren Tate. Exactly. That was on my list. Okay. 89. 89er. 89. DeMonte is not. <laughs> He's 22 today. Sergio McLean, birthday today as well, 42. Wow. Oh, wow. How oh, my. Jason Davis, me? former football player, sure. 37. That makes me feel old. Willie McGee, 62 that's today. That's crazy. 62 that for Willie McGee. Real crazy. quick, we got about a minute. What, what are you working on? We'll just wait and see what happens with Illinois football and uh, COVID-19 this week. And uh, got a got a bunch of uh, basketball coverage coming from Scott as well. Never never stops on, on that beat. And, and Bob gets to write about a uh, one of the starting offensive linemen this past Saturday right. for Illinois who used to be a tight end. That's and now awesome. he's the starting left guard. And gained 45 pounds. Yeah, right. And we should all do that. Without Every, feeling guilty about can it. Can I say everybody go vote tomorrow? Not saying who, just vote. Please. Yep. Indeed. Good uh, good parting thought. Lovey Smith has the football team off tomorrow, as mm-hmm. all NCAA yep. athletes are. So for that very reason. Appreciate you listening on WDWS Champaign-Urbana. This is Steve Kelly for all the guys. We'll talk to you again soon. Have a good night, everybody. Lovey Smith Show coming up.